0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on social at beaton300. And today we are going to be breaking down another gut wrenching, heartbreaking NIU Huskies loss. This one at home to Ball Is Not a State. Uh, in the battle for the bronze stock, a game that was hard fought, a four quarter battle. Both teams had a chance to win the game pretty much all the way down to the end. And we find a way to fumble it, no pun intended, uh, at the end of the game. Um, it'd be easy to sit here and say, like, yeah, hey, uh, the three fumbles from Rocky are the reason why we lost the game, right? But it's so much more than that, it's missed tackles. It's drop passes. Our receivers couldn't catch a cold last night if they did their warm-up shirtless. Like, it was just bad. Five drop passes, four drop passes the week before. We knew they were running it on third downs and fourth downs, and we still couldn't fucking stop it. It was frustrating on many avenues. Our offense became very predictable at points. We couldn't run the football the way we wanted to. Trayvon Rudolph was actually our leading rusher on the day. Uh, was 69 yards on the ground. Yes, I know. Very nice. And he had a 34-yard touchdown, which at the time looked like it could have been enough to win the football game because a seven-point lead in that game seemed like a 21-point lead. Uh Ball State drove down on the very first drive of the game and with little to no resistance put up a touchdown. And honestly, after that, the defense answered the call. The defense didn't give up uh, another point until the field goal in the second quarter and then until... The fourth quarter and and in the fourth quarter, the points that they gave up were all a beneficiary of the Rocky Lombardi fumbles, fumbles that were in plus territory. The touchdown that Ball State got to take the lead or to to tie the game and then the field goal uh, that they got to ultimately win the game. And. I've talked to multiple people about it, and I looked at the video myself. It's close but in my eyes it was not a fumble and it ultimately ended up deciding the game is what it is but i shouldn't like i shouldn't even have to sit here and address it but we'll just we're going to we're going to hop off the game for a quick second we're just going to talk about uh the level of bullshit that i saw on twitter, instagram, facebook, any social media whatever last night right So there's many different subsections of it, right? There is fire Coach Hammock, fire Sean Frazier, Rocky Lombardi is a bum, all this stuff, right? There there are many different subsections. One, Coach Hammock's not getting fired. If you want Coach Hammock fired, buck up. Put your fucking wallet up. It's $1.5 million. You guys sit on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and complain all fucking day, all season long, and you have to remember... Coach Hammock is one of us. It's it's ridiculous, okay? He wants to win these games as bad as we do. You want Coach Hammock fired, get the job done. Put together a fucking GoFundMe, and if there's enough people to get together $1.5 million, there you go. Coach Hammock gets his money. He doesn't have to deal with us, and we can start looking for a new coach. Next, Sean Frazier. That is a man that I will also run through a brick wall for. His father just died last week. And we are seriously having people in our own community coming on Twitter asking for him to be fired. Go fuck yourself. We will not deal with that in this moment. Okay? It is a football game. We lost it. That's life. Thirdly, I'm a sports better. I'm a gambler. I tweet out crazy shit on Saturday and Sundays because I throw a grenade into a fucking crawl space and try to come out on top every week. It's one thing to post tweets and to say crazy shit that you obviously don't want to happen, like sending people to Guantanamo Bay, uh, when you're not doing it directly under the post of the team you're betting on. If you go to NIU football on Instagram, on Twitter, or on Facebook, it is an absolute cesspool Of terrible gamblers. It is people that are calling for practice to be lit up. They're calling for all sorts of shit. And it's an absolute mess. We're four and six. We're not 0 and 10. It is not the end of the world. The sun still came up this morning, correct? We lost a football game. It's apples to oranges to what other people are actually going through in real life. Okay? I understand. It sucks. It is an awful situation. But from what I saw, not only in NIU Twitter last night, but then just on our our team's social media posts that are just trying to promote the game and trying to get our terrible student fan base to show up to a fucking football game, there was like 500 people there last night. And granted, the people that were there made noise and made an environment that was hard to play in for the Ball State players, the whole situation is a mess. People want Coach Hammock fired, and people want Sean Frazier fired, but they won't even show up to the games. So what are we doing? As I'm walking out, and, and, you know, I waited to – See what's up say what's up to you know Ethan was there saw some of my family some of my friends was there to pick Rocky up after the end of the game because at the end of the day that's still my guy I still do a show with him every week and yeah he just fumbled three times in the final stretch of the game to potentially lose the game right I'm not built like that when when I see my people are down I'm there for them so after the game, yeah, absolutely. I waited to say what's up, and that's my guy, and I'll go to war for him. Coach Hammock, I know it's not looking good right now, and I know I've gone on this show and said it's a results-driven business, right? It is. You have to win football games to keep your job, and right now we're not doing that, but the way they're talking about this man is absolutely ridiculous. This is a man that put his heart on the line, quite fucking literally. I don't know why I chose those words. That's just what happened to come out. He literally put his heart on the line for this football program as a student, and now he is trying to do the same as a coach. Last night, the very first thing he said when he came into the press conference was that the loss was on him. He's he's taking the blame for whatever the fuck happened last night, and that's all you can ask for. At the end of the day, we were never going to win the MAC. Toledo will probably go to a New Year's six bowl game and it's all aesthetic. Seven and five, eight and four, six and six doesn't matter. If you lose another one, we're done. but we still have hope. We still have a chance. We still can get to six and six and give our guys an opportunity to have an extra month of practice, an extra opponent to play against in the non-conference and one more game to just put your best foot forward. The fact of the matter is, is nobody's getting fired. The coordinators get fired because it's cheaper, one, and there's usually a fall guy. We saw it last year with Coach Jackson. So I need everyone to woo-saw. I know I'm saying that as I'm screaming into a microphone, but the season is not over. I don't anticipate that Ethan Hampton will start or Nevin Kremiscoli will start, as you always hear, Coach says in the pressers that Rocky gives us the best chance to win. If we catch those four or five passes yesterday, are we sitting here and having this same sentiment on this conversation? Probably not. Probably not. And I won't single anyone out, but we dropped a lot of passes last night. You can't just rely on Ontario Brown and Trayvon Rudolph to beat entire teams on a week in and week out basis. It's just not going to happen. We don't have the playmakers right now, or at least they're not making the plays that we need to win football games. Defensively, I'm proud of guys like Deron Gilbert. I'm proud of guys like Jaden Dolphin and Tyler Jackson. The linebackers stepped up and played well when they could. Guys like Javon Bird played well yesterday. And the defense really – Allowed us the opportunity to win that football game and the offense couldn't capitalize if I could categorize yesterday's game. In a few words, it was the defense allowed us the opportunity to win that football game and the offense couldn't make the plays needed necessary to win the game. Ball State didn't do anything special. They. stacked the box, they played physical at the point of attack, they they had a strong front seven. They did not allow us to run at will. i got to pull up the stats real quick. I still haven't pulled up from last night. So, yeah, I mean, individually, Rudolph had 69 yards on the ground. Uh, Ontario had 73. So, Ontario has actually the lead rusher on the day. And Gavin Williams had 18. It's like 170 yards is right around where I kind of asked. I said the guys need to get like 200 yards rushing, and they were 18, 13, yeah, like 174 yards. So the rushing game did their thing. Rocky was 15 of 26. So he had a 57% completion percentage, but, again, four to five drops. Four to five drops. So you're taking 15 to 26 on a day that should have been 19 or 20 of 26, and a lot of those plays were – Were long out routes or third and nines where, you know, Rocky's putting a really good dart, a good pass on the money. And our guys aren't coming down with the catch. And I know it's a little bit harder to catch the football in those cold weather conditions, but it's, it's, you have to get it done. You practice in the, in the weather all week long. You get out there on game day. You have one opportunity per week to put your best foot forward on film. You have to catch the football. You absolutely have to get it done. It is, it's the basics. Why are we sitting here in week 11 or week 10 of a football season and complaining about catching the football and tackling? This is stuff that you learn the very first time. You don't even have to put on pads to learn how to catch a football, right? You learn how to catch a football when you play flag, when you play in the yard, when you're in the front yard with your dad throwing the passes. That's how you learn. That's when you learn how to catch a football. So to be at the collegiate level and dropping passes is absolutely ridiculous. I'm not asking everyone on our team to be Larry Fitzgerald, but in a game where the offense is struggling, dropping passes on third and fourth down can't happen. Now, while I do do think the defense put their best foot forward, they played a phenomenal game, third and fourth down were nightmares. We we knew what was coming. We knew it was going to be, you know – Yeah, maybe the quarterback would drop back and pretend to pass. But if this guy had a grenade strapped to the football all game, he still wouldn't pass the football. He was scared to do so. There were many opportunities where he either took a sack or took a zero-yard sack or essentially a loss uh, to not pass the football. He matched Rocky Stets. He was 15-25, well, 30 yards less, and a touchdown. This kid was not good at all. A talented runner, ran 14 for 68, and we let Marquez Cooper go uh, 24 for 93. But this guy, Keel Kelly, is a running back playing quarterback, and I don't care. He is a scramble merchant, and we allowed him to nickel and dime us on third and fourth downs in key moments, and it's unacceptable. For whatever reason, the one, the one complaint that I've had from the defense over the last few weeks is there's really no push up front. We have such a talented defensive line and such a such a statistically proven defensive line. Whether it be sacks, tackles for loss, Ray Thomas leading the team in all or in, in tackles as a defensive end is absurd. And at the end of the day. Our push up front and our run defense is 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 horrid. It's like 100-something in the nation. How do we have a defense that's like 15th in the nation, 20th, 25th in the nation, or whatever it is, and we can't stop the run? You play in a conference where, I mean, honestly, some of the offenses in this conference are glorified high school football offenses. Ours is one of like, looking down on the field last night, seeing the shit we're running and the success rate, and then looking in the stands and seeing how many people were at the game, it feel it felt like just a really big high school football game is what it felt like. And that's fucking sad. This is a team that used to sell out this stadium. and I know match and nights are harder, but it's a mess right now. It's a mess. You can't get people to the game everyone's complaining everyone wants everyone fired and then in left field i can't look at one of our social media posts because it's inundated with people that just lost their bet on niu and they want our entire practice lit up so it's just like twitter was a very dark place last night um i i I understand everyone is entitled to feel how they want to feel about each game but it's just a very frustrating time to be an NIU fan. I, uh, in typical me fashion, you know, I miss the glory years. I, My first year officially as an NIU fan was my first year as a student. Now, obviously, I watched the games as a kid on Fox Net and, and Comcast Net and all this stuff because I'm just a football fan. But outside of, like, the Garrett Wolves and the Chandler Harnishes and the, the Jordan Lynches, like – I was not the NIU fan that I am now. Like I live and and die with each game, just like y'all do. But at the end of the day, like it's different for me. Like a lot of these guys are my friends. I know a lot of the players on the team. I know the coaches like it's, it's, it's frustrating because yes, at the end of the day, I still have to be critical, right? Like the guys on offense didn't put together the performance that we needed for us to win the game. And The defense did just about damn near everything they could. They just were set up with two short fields in the last 10 minutes of the game, and there's really nothing much you can do. So it's frustrating, but the season's not over. Yeah, we're not going to Detroit. That's fine. It is what it is. We live to fight another day, and that next day, is against Western Michigan and that's not going to be a free game. I you know, Western Michigan just they played a very hard hard fought game against Central Michigan. Uh they won 35 to 28. They were up 21 to 3 at half and then it was 28 to 21 before you could blink Central took the lead and then uh Western ended up reeling 17 unanswered to win the game by 10. So, just a very Strange game, right? And then it's senior night for us, too. So you have to win on senior night. You have to send the seniors off the right way. It's a small senior class, but it's an up-and-down season. I honestly can say in all the years that I've covered the team or at least been a fan, right? Like the first year I was a fan, we were 5-7. and The second year I was a fan, uh, we – we end up winning the Mac Championship. The third year I was a fan, we go 0-6. The fourth year I was a fan, we win a Mac championship. The fifth year I was a fan, we go five and seven. So, or whatever our record was, four and eight, or whatever the fuck it was last year. So it's frustrating. I but I I I can sit here and say 50% of the time I've been a fan of this team or damn near close to it. We've won a championship. So I'm a little more patient I guess if you will Than the rest of us that have like 10 Mac championships under our belt I apologize if you if I'm not as Angry as you want me to be but um It was something that I mentioned too To the other media members yesterday Me not doing the show Immediately after the game Gives me more time to Decompress gather my thoughts And be more calculated on How I want to pre- perform the show Um this is nine. This is nine thirty Wednesday morning, um, and we're six days away from Western, you have to watch this one. It's like I always talk about, and they always talk about after a win. You have a twenty-four hour rule after a victory. I think it should be fucking twelve off a loss. Like by the time the guys wake up this morning and get to their classes, full focus is on Western Michigan. Fuck what happened last night. It's over with. Uh, can't get it back. It's unfortunate obviously you want to find a way to win that football game but you didn't and onward we must move um on a serious note though I know I mentioned it earlier in the show my condolences go out to the Frazier family um our athletic director is hurting right now and as someone who ha- has lost a parent in the last six months I know everything that he's going through right now and I promise you um it's not good it is he needs us right now more than we need him. So if you're if you're close to Athletic Director Frazier, or if you even if you just got him on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, just send him your condolences, send him your well wishes, and the next time you see him, give him a big handshake and a hug because I'm sure he could use it. But this is a moment that the football shit doesn't matter, the basketball shit doesn't matter, the sports facility shit doesn't matter. One of our own is hurting and we have to be there for it secondly um, again coach it's friendly fire Okay, Coach Hammick is a, a former player he is our coach I understand the results are not going the way that we want them to go right now but at the end of the day he's still one of us so again tread lightly I still believe I still hope he can find a way to turn it around but it's out of my control. Players on the field have to make the plays. Coach Hammock and his coaching staff have to call the right plays, and we have to put ourselves in better positions to win these football games. He mentioned in the post-game press conference that, you know, the plays that he called on the fumbles were safe plays, and you just you just can't have those turnovers happen, especially at that point in the game. Some of the bright spots in the game, another another great performance from Dane Partridge, um, Trayvon Rudolph spoke very highly of him In the post game press conference Trayvon Rudolph had another Phenomenal performance out there This this uh or last night I should say and Like I said those guys on the defense Jaden Dolphin, Deron Gilbert Tyler Jackson, Javon Bird like All these guys put together quality Performances, Esther and O'Malley Obviously always do their thing up front And the defense can hang their head. I mean, anytime you hold an opponent to twenty points, you ought to have an opportunity to win that football game, and you should be able to win that football game. It's the most NIU shit of all time to turn the ball three or to turn the ball over three times and still have a chance to win the football game. I know I've talked to you about the, you know, the the amount your percentage goes down each time you turn over the football. But that's true, bro. Like when you turn over the football, especially to the tune of three times, you're you're probably not gonna have a chance to win that game. And I mean hold on, let me pull this up, because I did good I did get a good message from from our one of our great supporters, Jeremy, last night. And um so he broke it down. And so SIU Rocky lost it on the last possession. Tulsa, Ethan Hampton picked off on last possession. Toledo, Rocky scrambles and fails to convert with time expiring. CMU, Rocky picked off on last possession. Ball State, Rocky fumbled on last possession. So we have had one, two, three, four. We've had five one-possession games with a chance to win the game at the end and not gotten it done for others. Remember how many of those one-possession games we won in the 2021 season and we won the championship? You can't live on the edge like that. I – like when we went up 17-10, I tweeted too right after the rocky fumble, like fucking throw the ball. You can't kill the game on your own 30-yard line with seven minutes to go. You just can't. You can start the drive that starts the clock to try to kill the game, but – Running it on third and four and then subsequently fumbling it is fucking awful. You can't have it happen. Throw a drag route. Give the ball to Trayvon Rudolph. Run the Wildcat. Trayvon Rudolph was the player of the game both teams yesterday. The kid played his heart out. Uh, He was catching the football. and, And it makes no sense to me that the smallest guy in the room, a guy that I'm literally fucking taller than, I weigh more than this guy is the guy who's the most physical person at the point of attack. When it comes to attacking the football, we have like six, six and six, seven and six, eight and fucking seven foot two NBA center level wide receivers that can't catch the ball. But we got little old 5'8, 170 pound Trayvon Rudolph. Who's got hands that are fucking glue. So that's my player of the game. On the defensive side of the ball, it's Tyler Jackson. I was wrong about my prediction, but we've all been wrong about a lot of things this year. NIU still has an opportunity to right their wrongs to get to six and six. It's one and zero against Western Michigan on Senior Night, and it's one and zero against Kent is not a state. Ball ball is not a state is behind us. They took the bronze stock back. They celebrated on our field. And for the players that will be back next year and have to travel to Muncie to go get the trophy back, I hope those images are still in their heads when they show up to play that game next year. But that's a conversation for another day. We'll be back at the facility on Friday to get a player interview and then obviously to preview the Western Michigan game for this upcoming week. We will also be back out at the game on senior night uh, to try and will this team to a victory because they just need it. We need it. We need to have the opportunity to go into the final week of the season with a winner. I shouldn't say a winner takes all because Kent state has nothing to win, but with us having an opportunity in a do or die game to put our meat on the fucking table and go out and win a football game. So enough is enough. Um, Like I said, of the, of the utmost important things, if you see Dr. Frazier, give him a big hug or give him your condolences and your support. If you see Coach Hammock, I would say do the same thing, but if, in the event you can't, just wish him well. He is still one of our own, one of our – he is one of our alumni, even at well after he is no longer our coach. This is a guy that still lives and dies by NIU football so again tread lightly and then also to again the exception of a few players these are all 18 to 22 year old athletes if you see them around campus just be nice bro just it's just a game okay and onward we must roll it is one game at a time western michigan is the next team up and we'll be out there on friday to get you guys ready um I'll throw an explicit tag. I apologize. Uh, we usually don't swear to a whole too lot often on this show. But when you see just the mess that you, you see on social media uh, about the people in the program, and it, it's it's like the sky was falling. It was like it was the end of the world last night. And, yeah, I was speechless at at third and, third and three, uh in the in the fourth quarter with 8.24 to go after the the offsides on Ball State, we had a 91.9% chance to win that football game. What happened next was inexplainable and left us all speechless. Is what it is. We must find a way to pick ourselves up, to pick ourselves up off the mat and get ready for a team that Still fighting for bowl eligibility. Western Michigan can still get to a bowl game if they win out, and so can we. So next week is a playoff game, if you want to call it that. The loser of that game does not get postseason play. That should be enough motivation for our guys in our locker room to go out there and handle business, And, and that doesn't even mention that it's senior night. So take time. For my fellow Bears fans, uh, get ready because we get to play a football game again tomorrow night. But uh, when you think you got it bad, right, just uh, remember this, right? So since last Tuesday, uh, I have seen, in total, two NIU losses. I saw Notre Dame's New Year's Six uh, Bowl game get fucking flushed down the drain, and I lost a lot of money on that game, like a lot more than I normally spend on a normal game because I made it my – Play of the week. So that was dumb on my part. I watched the bears get absolutely dismantled in the second half. And then I woke up on Monday and I, you know, I, I became a Tottenham fan. I'm in, I'm a new EPL fan. I've been an EPL fan for less time than I've been a Huskies fan. And I watched them get absolutely undressed four to one. So um, surely nothing can go wrong when I tune into my bears game tomorrow night. And surely nothing can go wrong when we get ready for this, these final two games uh, of Maxion or one game of action in a Saturday game against Kent State. But onward, we must move. We have to get ready, have to put this one behind us. And no matter what happens this upcoming week, we'll be there to cover it for you guys. But with that being said, this was another episode of Huskies on Tap presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on social at beaton300 and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. We'll be back to you guys. Uh, this upcoming Friday The episode should release around dinner time And then we'll be back out at Husky Stadium On Tuesday for the final home game of the season We always appreciate you guys Whether it's your first episode tuning in Or you've been with us since the very first episode Of the show We always appreciate you We'll be back on Friday Got nothing else for you guys And go Husky yeah. I got yeah. drinks on living left In the kitchen whipping magic I got living in the right. bad right. the bad uh, We got London on the track. Yeah. I ain't asked now for nothing I took the heart away. Heart so put me with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. hard away. Jump in the heart away. Heart